0: Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to another solo episode of the Too Smart for This podcast. And today I really want to talk about something that I've learned so much about in the last six months, um, which is, or less than six months, honestly. It's been more like the last four months. Um, But it is all about the roots of diet culture. So I want to take us through a little bit of an understanding as to why. We need to leave this concept of dieting and weight obsession behind and also where it came from. And I think for me, when I was deciding to stop dieting, it came from a place of realizing I was spending way too much time thinking about something that where my brain space could be better focused on things that really mattered to me. So if you're not familiar with this experience for myself, I spent years of college really focused on what my external appearance looked like in order to appeal to those around me who were largely wealthy, rich, white people who I was trying to fit in with, um, whether consciously, subconsciously, I mean- being a black person in that environment, I'm sure you can relate with feeling like you needed to change yourself or you couldn't fully be yourself in front of those people. And while that did manifest in my personality and me lacking a lot of confidence, um, once I achieved all the accolades around these white people in order to be accepted, I noticed that my body was not at the place where. I felt it should it would be considered perfect in those circles. So I spent a lot of time focused on dieting, and I even did a very popular diet in the rich white person community, which led to a cycle of disordered eating for me. And when this cycle broke, it also broke at the time of George Floyd's murder in the summer of 2020. And for that very intense few weeks and the weeks leading after it. That is when I recognized that I was spending hours, days, all my brain space focused on what I was eating while we were undergoing massive, horrific injustices in this country and I was focused on my calories and my net carb intake that is stupid. I am too smart to be focused on net carbon take when I could be using that energy towards making a change in this world, towards educating people when I feel the capacity to, towards using my voice for better, towards using my education for better, for educating myself and educating other people. Now, this is a perfect example of what diet culture wants us to do. Now, so Let's get to the history of it so we can understand how I, Alexis Barber came to be a black woman trying to alter my body in order to fit in with white people. In A lot of my resources are going to be linked in the show notes, but I also want to just call out a few that I really, really think are important to mention here. One is Fearing the Black Body. Another is The Body is Not an Apology, Anti-Diet, and a few articles that I found online too that I sort of synthesized into what I want to talk about today. And They will all be linked um, and they all deserve massive shout outs and they will also be on my Instagram. So diet culture is this sort of, I think you all know what I'm talking about when I talk about diet culture. It's the way that we view our bodies in relation to food, um, in relation to size, and in relation to health here in the United States. And right now, the ideal body type is someone who is very fit. Um, I say fit and I don't say necessarily thin because we also have the issue of the you know, rise of appropriating black women's bodies by adding asses and boobs and whatever. And like I'm not gonna get into that today. That's a whole nother episode. But essentially thin and light colored people. So being a fat black woman, for example, is probably the quote worst thing you could be in this society because you are sort of at the bottom of the social ladder in terms of your skin color, but you're also at the bottom of the social ladder in terms of what people deem worthy. And that worthiness, I mean, comes from our idea of morality. So in the 1800s, after slavery was abolished, there was a need to establish a difference between white and black people. Mind you, this is all before the idea of weight being associated with health. As we know, the ideal body type fluctuated over the last hundred years. So at this time, the idea of morality was the best way to differentiate white people from black people. So the creation of fat phobia emerged around this time of associating fat black people with gluttony and uh, immorality and just being overall, you know, quote, bad people. That way there could be more of a social hierarchy that was no longer being held in place by laws and slavery. So after that, the fat and fat phobia began to emerge in the 1800s, we saw a big problem with many implications for the black experience with health. Um, it should be noted that black people are actually scientifically proven to be sometimes heavier than white people. And instead of that scientific evidence being used for doctors to treat black people in a different slash better way for them. They actually have used it as a, they have sort of ignored it, used it to wash their hands of any sort of, you know, other medical issues that could be going on with that person and write them off as dirty and immoral. Now this dirty and immoral concept still exists today. And I think that's one of the reasons that people really fear being, quote, fat. And they have such a fat phobic phobic issue is because we associate being fat not necessarily always with being black, but with being unhealthy, immoral, gluttonous, and having bad manners, having a bad mindset, having a bad mental, like no mental toughness. Now, let's think about this. I think the strongest women in the world are black women. And if a lot of these black women are overweight, it's not that they don't have mental toughness, it's that they are living in a society that keeps them from having access to adequate health, access to adequate opportunities for even working out. I mean, I just think that this system has a lot to do with the reason that we have such a high discrepancy and such a high frustration with the way that other people particularly black and brown people look. So this association with being unhealthy also emerged later on and I think that many other dietitians can do a much deeper more important deep dive into why BMI etc is biased and problematic and how being overweight doesn't necessarily mean or being bigger doesn't necessarily mean that you are unhealthy. So that is not something that I want to get into because I'm not a health professional. I'm trying to just talk about the historical context of diet culture here. This aside, when it comes to our body positivity movement that is focused on people in bigger bodies loving themselves and being confident in themselves and providing more representation for people in bigger bodies, that that all started with fat black women. Because as we mentioned before, fat black women are at the bottom of the social ladder. And for them to truly love themselves is a radical act. It is a radical a radical self-love for fat black women is a massive protest against a society that has continuously told them that they are not enough, they are not strong enough, despite overcoming years of slavery and oppression, that they are not valuable, and that they are not lovable. So for them to truly love themselves, that is a radical act act. And that is where the body positivity movement came from. And that body positivity movement has trickled into a problematic space now. And that body positivity movement is not accomplishing, or the way that that body positivity movement has been hijacked by white people means that it's not really accomplishing what its original goal was. So let's be clear fat black women loving themselves takes a lot. But the whole point of that movement is also for to normalize the way that our bodies are experienced in this society. And at this point, thin or quote, thin passing, I guess, or midsize or smaller size white women are not dealing with the same amount of oppression that a black woman or any black woman of any size, let alone a fat black woman is experiencing. That is not the same thing. So the but they are using the same terminology and taking that radical act of self love. And it's not as radical when you're a thin white woman. So it's a problem because we've also developed this, or we've seen the development of this thing called the anti diet dietitian. And those dietitians are focused on telling people or selling people the idea of, quote, healthy eating by, you know, using their thin white privilege, um, as one of the authors that I cited for this podcast put it. And so when they use that and show, like, A picture, a side by side picture on their Instagram of them with roles and them with abs, too. That's not the activism that you think it is because in reality, like this person still has infinite more privilege than a fat black woman would. So that's what I want to dive into the example of Lizzo. Lizzo is an extremely talented and extremely successful fat black woman. Whether you like her or not, that is the truth of the matter. She has many accolades. And, but she has been pressured, bullied, and is constantly having to speak up about her body size. She makes TikTok videos about how she went plant-based and how she works out every day and is very focused on her health. But she still is in a bigger body. Therefore, people are still associating her with being dirty, immoral, and gluttonous, despite none of those things being true about her. So when she embraces her body, that is a radical act because she is a fat black woman. But for people who are in thin white bodies, when they embrace their bodies, that's wonderful. It's an important step and it's something all of us need to do because a society has really, you know, shat on us to be completely honest. But it is not the same thing as the radical act of self-love that Lizzo is undergoing. And the reason this is such a problem is because those people in those smaller, thin or mid-size white bodies are still judging, subconsciously and consciously, people like Lizzo in fat black bodies and are still in fear of have this massive fat phobia because they still at their core do not truly accept brown and black people in bigger bodies. And that is the real frustration here is that there are people who are throwing around body positivity and saying, love your roles, love XYZ, love this, but they're not giving credit to the origins of that movement. And they're not recognizing that the real act of massive change that can really dismantle diet culture for all of us is embracing those bodies that we were taught to fear and to hate. So my point in making this episode of the podcast is to talk about how this has become a whitewashed movement and how we can do better moving forward. So for me, this does not take away the – even though I have pretty much thin privilege because I don't necessarily live in a bigger body or in a plus-size body, I can recognize that. Um, But what I can relate to is the way people perceive me as a black woman. And a lot of times that comes with fear and from other people, obviously. And it comes with judgment and stereotypes and that type of thing. But imagine if I were a dark-skinned black woman in a bigger body, that would be a million times worse. So it's important to think about when you are making this change in your own mindset of accepting your own body that the people who allowed for that to happen, they allowed for the idea of women loving their bodies to come to fruition, were fat black women who started the body positivity movement. So when you are making these changes and you're starting to accept what you look like, whether that is small, thin, you have rolls, you don't have rolls, you have cellulite, and you're starting to embrace the beauty of your cellulite, et cetera, Just remember that in order to truly get ourselves away from this awful diet culture that we live in, you also have to start to embrace and love and stop fearing that of people who are in bigger, darker bodies than you. And that is really what I think will bring us towards a better future in terms of accepting other people's bodies. I think we could go a lot deeper. I could really get into here how this is a capitalist scheme. Um, As we know, the diet industry is $60 billion um, to try and make yourself, you think, make women distracted and disciplined and think more about what goes in their bodies as opposed to what comes out of their minds. So that all aside, I think that what I really want people to take away from this episode is go read these books that are linked. Go read these articles that are linked. They're much more succinct than I am. But I also want you to think about how the way to true personal body acceptance is through, excuse me, I just moved to New York, so now I have a bunch of sirens. The way to personal body acceptance is through removing your judgment as to what everybody looks like. And That includes thinking about the way that you judge other people. That includes thinking about how to be an anti-racist and stand up for those bodies. And that includes focusing on the origins of this movement and what it actually means for you and how it's benefited you and how fat black women are doing the work and how it is much more of a radical act for them to love themselves than it is for a thin or a medium-sized or even a fat white woman to do so. So I hope that this helps break things down a little bit. Um, I'm sure it's scattered. I did it all in one take and I'm just trying to feel the passion of it here. So please let me know if you have any questions. I'll definitely be opening up a discussion about this on my Instagram page. So check it out there and check out Too Smart for for this pod's Instagram because we will also be having a discussion over there. So all of this aside, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself, but give people credit for allowing you to learn how to do so. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for this podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at too smart for this Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.